What's up, everybody? Welcome to Let's Argue with Jay Play Hard. I am your host, Jay, and this is the first ever uh, extended podcast that I've ever done. So bear with me uh, as we work out those kinks. But I'm glad that you joined me today. Um, We will be doing this every Tuesday uh, to kind of go over the weekend's events and Monday night football when it comes back in the fall. But uh, I just kind of want to talk about a few things that happened over the weekend and some things that are going on this weekend. And, um, you know, we'll start off with the Super Bowl, of course, the most important game of the year. Uh, We've got San Francisco versus the Kansas City Chiefs uh, in Las Vegas this Sunday, February 11th. Now, if you're a Chiefs fan, um, you're definitely looking for some improved play from the offensive line. because they did not play well against the Baltimore Ravens. Now, I get it. That is a historic, historic defense. That is a really, really good front seven that they faced, but they did give up four sacks and only averaged 2.8 yards per carry. I don't think that's going to get it done against a more complete team in the San Francisco 49ers, even though their defensive line has not played up to uh, their level. Uh, We've got Uh, When you go back and look at what they were able to do against the Detroit Lions in the NFC Championship game, uh, Detroit was able to run for 6.3 yards per carry, and they actually had 182 yards rushing. So if I think if Kansas City has that type of balance, uh, if their offensive line can raise their level of play, I think it'll be a very, very even game up front. Um, I have seen great things from the Chiefs defensive line. Um, They have actually, uh, to me, been one of the best units in all of the playoffs, Um, you know, so they're very stout in the middle. Uh, Legereus Sneed on the corner has been absolutely shut down. Um, and I just don't see uh, any of those San Francisco receivers um, winning against him consistently. Um, now, on the other side, that may be a different story. I mean, Debo is a little banged up. We'll see how he looks in the game. Uh, Brandon Ayuk did play very, very well against Detroit, but um, I think Legereus Sneed is the best player on the edge for either team, um, you know, offense or defense. Um, so I'm going to give the edge on the outside to Kansas City. Now we look at the quarterbacks, of course. I mean, what what can you say about Patrick Mahomes that hasn't already been said, right? He is a video game cheat code. He is football's Michael Jordan. We get it. But I will say this, in a close game, um, Brock Purdy, Can he make the plays down the stretch? He's done it the last two weeks, even though he didn't play well against Green Bay. He did do what he needed to do in the fourth quarter to get them the win. The same against Detroit when they fell down 17. Now, if it's a close game and Brock has got to make a drive, if he's got to take his team down the field, you know, 80 yards, two minutes to go, can he do that? I do think he's a better quarterback than Jimmy G. I think a lot of the criticism he gets is unfair because you do have to deliver the football on time. You do have to uh, audible in and out of the right plays. And football is actually played, you know, in between the ears just as much as it is on the field. So I think Brock, I think Brock has a chance to lead his team to a Super Bowl, but I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not betting against Patty. I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, this guy, is unlike anything we've ever seen in the sport. Um, He's overcome wide receiver drops. He's overcome injury. He's overcome bad offensive line play at times. This guy is 
on another level. And I'm not betting against him. So um, if you're going to ask me the score, I'm going to go Chiefs 28, San Francisco 27. One point game. Patty leads him down and uh, gets his third Super Bowl in five years. That's what I'm that's what I'm predicting. That's what I'm predicting for this. As far as the player props, uh, we can take a look at those. When I checked yesterday, Kansas City was a two and a half point underdog opening today. Uh, that that line has changed to uh, 49ers are now the two point favorite. So um, it is getting a lot closer. You know, you might want to get those bets in if you want those really good odds. Um, now for player props. Uh, what do what am I looking for in this game uh, when I make my parlay? Um, I'm definitely going uh, Patrick Mahomes under 260. I think this is going to be a defensive game. I don't think there's going to be a ton of scoring. So I'm going to go uh, Patrick Mahomes under 260 and a half yards. Um, also, uh, TDs, TDs. I'm definitely, definitely, definitely uh, going with Christian McCaffrey. Um, with the TD in this game. I think that even though the Chiefs have been very stout against the run this year, I think Christian could get, you know, uh, a touchdown either running or catching the football. He's a very dynamic player. He's going to be the focal point of their offense, I believe. Um, George Kittle also could go for a touchdown. Um, the Chiefs in coverage at the linebacker position um, isn't something that I don't think he could over not overcome. So I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle on a touchdown on there. And then passing touchdowns, I'm definitely going over for Mahomes, one and a half touchdowns. I think he's going to throw two. Rasheed Rice definitely has a chance to pop in that end zone. And the receivers have been playing a lot better in the playoffs. Uh, you can't count out Travis Kelsey in the red zone. So uh, Patty Mahomes, two touchdowns under two, 260 and a half yards passing <laughs> and uh, Kittle and McCaffrey for a touchdown. That's going to be my player prop parlay for this game. And hopefully it hits. I mean, we've had some success on this show uh, with parlays in the playoffs. So hopefully that um, streak continues. Now, moving on, what happened in uh, sports this past weekend? We had the uh, East-West Shrine Bowl, and we also had the Senior Bowl, uh, where college juniors and seniors got to showcase their skills in a week of practice and uh, the game itself. Uh, the Shrine Bowl, in my opinion, um, had some guys that, that really jumped out at me. Uh, top, top guy will probably be Frank Gore. Frank Gore Jr. out of Southern Miss. Uh, if that name sounds familiar, he is the son of the legendary running back Frank Gore that played for my Miami Hurricanes. And, you know, he's a top five rusher NFL all time. So great genes there. Uh, Frank Gore Jr.'s 2023 stats uh, include 231 carries for 1,131 yards and 10 touchdowns with a 4.9 average per carry. Uh, he also had 27 receptions to go with that. Uh, for 221 yards and three touchdowns with an 8.2 per catch average. So Frank Gore Jr. definitely, definitely was a game breaker. Uh, he had a long run in this game for a touchdown early on. He uh, finished with 87 yards and the game's MVP. 
Um, whoever gets this guy in the league is definitely going to get a home run hitter. He may be on the smaller side at 5'8 and 195, but I mean, look at the footwork. Look at the patience. You can go check that, check out this guy's highlights. He's legit. He is definitely, definitely legit. Uh, another player that stood out to me was North Carolina defensive tackle Miles Murphy. Now, this is a guy. He's huge. He's 6'3", 312 pounds prototypical uh, for the NFL and, and what these guys want to do as far as being stout against the run. Um, what what stuck out to me of with this guy was his motor. Um, a lot of times in these all-star games, these guys don't want to get hurt. They don't want to jeopardize, you know, their draft status. But this guy was going 120 miles per hour every single play. Every time he made a tackle, he jumped out at you. He was violent. He was sudden. Now, the one red flag I would say about Miles Murphy is the 2023 production. Um, only 15 solo tackles, one sack, one forced fumble. Uh, excuse me, one fumble recovery. And he did play all 11 games for the Tar Heels. So uh, we do want to see a little more production in the middle. I'm not sure if that was a uh, result of the scheme or what he was asked to do at North Carolina. But this guy has all the physical tools and I'm definitely, definitely looking at him maybe for my Jaguars because we definitely need to get more stout in the middle. Uh, another guy that stood out to me on the offensive side was Anthony Gould, who had an 80-yard kick return for a touchdown in the game. Uh, this, this guy, he's a smaller wide receiver from Oregon State. Um, very under the radar. I hadn't heard much about him before this game, so I went back and kind of did some homework. Um, in 2023, he had four, uh, 44 catches, 718 yards uh, for 16.3 yards per catch average and two touchdowns. But what stuck out to me was his ability to make people miss in the open field and field punts and kicks and things of that nature, which is probably what he'll be doing at the next level. He is, like I said, on the smaller side at 5'8", 172. So he's definitely going to have to bulk up a little bit if he wants to get uh, in that slot role in the NFL. But I'm not ruling it out because the NFL is actually going to these smaller, more shifty receivers. You see what Zay Flowers was able to do with uh, Baltimore this year. You see what Tank Dale was able to do with Houston before his injury. So um, Anthony Gould could be one to watch uh, in NFL dynasty leagues and things like that. We'll see how he develops. Uh, another guy on the defensive side, this was the, actually the, the defensive MVP of the game, but Jarius Monroe, cornerback from Tulane. Uh, this guy is legit. You hear me? 6'2", 205 pounds, uh, very physical on the edge. Um, he's definitely going to be able to take on those bigger receivers like a Chris Olave, like a DK Metcalf. Uh, maybe not one-on-one -on -one with DK, but I mean, you get the drift. This guy, um, when Tulane played in the Sugar Bowl in 2023, at the end of the 2022 season, he did pick off Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams. Um, you know, that was a great play by him. Also, he was kind of the shutdown corner for the green wave all of 2023. They will leave him on an Island. Uh, and that would allow them to do some more exotic things with the defense. This guy probably will go, uh, day two, day three, and who knows he could go day one with the, with a proper process, uh, these next six weeks. Uh, his 2023 stats would be 48 total tackles, 35 of those solo, so he can tackle in the open field. He also had one sack, one forced fumble, and three interceptions. So uh, Jarius Monroe, 
Uh, if he's sitting there for my Jaguars in the second round, man, we we could definitely use a guy like him. Now, in the Senior Bowl, um, this was a defensive game that showcased a lot of upfront talent on the defensive side of the ball. All of those first-round picks like uh, Lautu and uh, some of those guys, they all showed their first-round talent, so we won't spend too much time on them. Spencer Rattler was the uh, game's offensive MVP, leading a touchdown drive in the opening uh, drive of the game. There wasn't much offense in this game to uh, talk about, but I I will talk about Rattler for a little bit. He was the most high-profile quarterback uh, of the game, in my opinion, uh, since high school. So this guy, you know, he played for Oklahoma at first, transferred to South Carolina. Um, the, the Gamecocks didn't have uh, quite the talent that they were accustomed to this year, but he still put up 275 completions on 399 attempts for a 68.9 completion percentage, uh, over 3,100 yards passing, 19 touchdowns to eight interceptions, and a 66 uh, QBR. Uh, excuse me, a QBR rating of 66. My fault. Uh, he did outperform other QBs like Bo Nix, Sam Hartman, and Michael Pratt from Tulane. Uh, all of those guys are uh, some of those second-tier quarterbacks available in this year's draft, so that's some th- something to look at. Uh, Spencer Rattler was a senior this past year, so he is uh, a little older in his development, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, another guy that kind of stood out was D. Well, would probably be the defensive MVP of the game if they gave that award, but that was Chow Smith Wade of uh, Washington State. He's a cornerback. He actually had more interceptions in this game than he had all year, recording two, uh, the second of which was on the last play of the game for the Hail Mary. Uh, But Chow Smith Wade, shout out to him for those two interceptions in the game and way to show up uh, when it was time to show up, you know? Um, And other news, North Carolina versus Duke top 10 matchup in men's college basketball. Um, This is for those of you that watch uh, college basketball, you know, this is always the marquee game uh, in February and March. These guys, what can you say? What else can you say about the rivalry? Even though we no longer have coach K and Dean Smith and Roy Williams and those guys, these two programs are still at the top of the heap when it comes to college basketball blue bloods. Now, North Carolina did take the win at home, 93 to 84, uh, powered by Armando uh, Baycott and Harrison Ingram. These two forwards, man, they could not be stopped down the stretch. It was a very competitive game back and forth, but these guys just made plays on both ends of the court that, You know, Duke just didn't have an answer for Uh, Baycott went 10 of 13 for 25 points, 10 rebounds, five assists. Uh, Ingram went eight of 12 for 21 points, 13 rebounds. But he also made an impact on the defensive end with four steals and one block. Uh, Another guy uh, to watch for Carolina down the stretch is R.J. Davis. He didn't have a great shooting night, but he was effective uh, scoring 17 points to help the Tar Heels push past in the second half. Now for Duke, uh, they fall to seven and three in the ACC and sixteen and five overall. Uh, but they did have contributions from guard Jared Jared McCain, who had twenty three points on nine of eighteen shooting with eleven rebounds. Jeremy Roach had also had a twenty point game, going nine of sixteen from the field. But um, Duke center Kyle Flipanowski, who had twenty five points and five rebounds. Uh, but he did not shoot well from three. I think that was a big telltale sign in the game 
as um, Duke went five of 19 for three for the game and Carolina went nine of 24 uh, in a close, uh, tight, competitive game like this. These are the stats that matter. You know, uh, Duke just didn't have a great shooting night from the three point line, but the teams will meet again on the ninth in Cameron Indoor. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. I think it'll be a top 10 matchup once again. And hopefully these guys see each other again in the ACC uh, championship game. So uh, that was some of the things that happened over the weekend. Um, the NBA, um, Joel Embiid is no longer in consideration for any awards such as the MVP Offensive Player of the Year because he will not be able to play 65 games. Um, this is a new rule by the NBA to kind of balance out the load management uh, that was made popular by Greg, Greg Popovich. Um, I, as a fan, personally agree with this rule. Um, you know, if you want to be the MVP, if you want to be defensive player of the year, um, you got to be on the court, man. The fans are paying their hard-earned money, and, you know, sometimes that may be the only time that they ever get to see an NBA game live. And, you know, it, it's kind of disappointing that the stars aren't playing. Um, when you think about some of the past greats like Michael Jordan, who averaged 80 games a season in the 80s and 90s, you know, where the where the era was way more physical than it is now. Um, I am sympathetic to players needing rest and players like Tyrese Halliburton, who had to sit at the end of the bench just to keep his uh, aspirations alive for those after season awards because they do make. Um, they do make a difference during contract negotiations. You know, if these players are, you know, found to be first team, all NBA, second team, all NBA, uh, they can get that super max. So that's a lot of money left on the table if you can't play those 65 games. Um, but again, as a fan, uh, I love it. Um, to me, uh, to me, the NBA commissioner, Adam Silver is the best commissioner in sports. Um, he continues to fight to give us a product that we can enjoy as basketball fans. So this rule is another one that I agree with, even though it's tough for players like Joel Embiid and Halliburton who are legitimately injured and uh, won't get that consideration, even though they're playing out of their mind. Um, also, another guy that doesn't get enough shine, in my opinion, in the NBA, Atlanta's Trey Young. This man is averaging 27 and 10. Not an all-star. Um, make it make sense to me. I know Atlanta isn't winning. I know that uh guard DeJounte Murray is on the trade block for the for the Hawks, and and that duo, that pairing has not worked out to Atlanta's liking. But man, did you know um Trey Young has scored and assisted? Since he's been in the league, he scored and assisted more points than Luka Dantich, than anyone in that rookie class for that matter. He's also, he's also um, been top 10 in scoring for the past three years. Not an all-star. I mean, this, this guy's legit, man. I mean, yes, he is a liability on the defensive end because of his size, but there's only one shooter in the league right now better than Trey Young. And that man's name is Steph Curry, and he just beat him the other night. So I just want to, you know, take this time to give Ice Trey some love, and uh, hopefully he makes the All-Star game next year. 
All right, let's talk about NBA player props tonight. Uh, this is Tuesday. All right, NBA bets. What am I looking at tonight? I am definitely loving Houston plus seven and a half against the Pacers. The Pacers defense, they still haven't figured that out yet. Um, they're a very they're a team that gives up a lot of points to the opposition, even though they score a lot of points. So that's one, you know, you could probably sneak in there and grab that one. On uh, Hard Rock Live app, they are minus 105. Also, Memphis versus the New York Knicks. I think Memphis is going to cover that 14 and a half. No Julius Randle for the Knicks. They're kind of banged up, even though they're playing well. I do like the Knicks to win the game, though. Also tonight, we've got Miami versus Orlando. Uh, the Magic have been surprising uh, this year, man. They're playing pretty well. They're going to make the playoffs. Carroll's an all-star, you know, Paolo Bancaro. He's playing really, really well. But I like Miami to win tonight at home uh, on Hard Rock Live Out. They are two and a half point favorites at minus uh, 145 to win. So I do like the Miami Heat in that game. I think they, they're finally figuring out how that Backcourt rotation is going to work with Rozier, Hero, Duncan Robinson, and those boys. Uh, of course, you know, Jimmy Butler and Bam are going to come and they're going to bring what they bring every night. So I do like Miami to win that game. Uh, the game of the night, in my humble opinion, will be the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Milwaukee is a four-point underdog in that game. I do think that game will not be close. I think the Suns will win that game. Milwaukee's really not playing well right now. They're searching for answers. Doc Rivers is not the answer, in my opinion, just my humble opinion. You know, they are one in three since he took over, and I don't see that trend changing tonight. Um, but that would be uh, the, the bets that I feel comfortable making tonight in the NBA. So... Um, I'd like to talk with you guys a little minute about what this podcast is going to mean to me going forward. Um, we do have uh, the J Play Hard page on Facebook going. We will be spreading uh, our reach uh, to different platforms such as Spotify and Apple Music very, very soon. I appreciate everyone that's been supporting uh, that J Play Hard Facebook page. And if you're not a, uh, a friend of mine on there, it is at J period play hard j dot play hard um so you can go follow me on there and and talk with me about these sports topics that you want to hear about on the show um you know uh thank you to all of my local people out in panama city and panama city beach who have supported me on my content making journey uh this is only the start guys this is this is only the start and like i said we're going to start doing this every tuesday i'm going to sprinkle in some special uh episode throughout the week you know if something major happens but um it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun ride it's gonna be a fun ride i've always wanted to do something like this uh just talking with some some childhood friends of mine they're gonna jump on and we you know we're gonna give it that barbershop talk feel um i, I want that dialogue on this show uh you'll be able to call in and uh you know talk these sports with me very very soon uh, again, again, thank you all for the support and I'm, you know, going to keep on pushing, um, you know, so if you're a local business and you want to, uh, advertise on this pod, we will be doing things like that in the very, very near future as well. And like I said, follow me on Facebook. Tell me what you want to talk about. Let's argue guys. Let's have a great, uh, Tuesday and the rest of your week. This is Jay play hard signing off.